Hello, welcome to the Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Ambassadors podcast for the week of March 5, 2012. This is episode 141. I'm Chris Bevelo, president of Interval. We're the healthcare marketing firm that puts on the podcast. Joining me today in studio are co-hosts. Jackie Ritaco, account coordinator with Interval. And Adam Meyer, creative director at Interval. Interval. At Interval. Interval. We need a we need a little theme song. A just mnemonic. the name. Just the name said with like three beautiful tones. Unfortunately, that reminded me of a theme song that Interval. one of our clients created. I, we can't say which client, but I don't know if I know. Interval. Does it remind you of that? <laughs> Their brand music? No, I'm sure uh, it would, but we're being secretive. <laughs> okay, we're gonna have to sing this first topic too. I'm just gonna skip right to the topics. Let's just go right to them. You guys remember Rockwell? Cut out, cut out the that was BS. before your time. Rockwell as Nick Norman Rockwell, the artist. No, as a band. It's a ba- it's a guy. I think I think his name is Rockwell, but that's the name of the. Did he Rockwell? <laughs> he most certainly did not. <laughs> he is known for the song. Sometimes it feels like somebody's Those watching me. Watching me, which to me sounds is like the epitome of bad eighties music. Yeah. There's a lot of There's it. another one that's like, yeah, that's probably. I'm never going to break up my stride. I like Don't that song. Hold me down. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Oh, no. I got to keep, keep on moving. moving. That's just And they've bad. since redone that into a rap song. Can I, can I tell you what that, <laughs> that song brings to mind? Aerobics class in high school. And not that I took aerobics in high school, but it was a gym sure. class. Oh. And that was one of the songs that they would Chris play. Chris in a leotard? I was going to say, that's why I don't like it. <laughs> why, who wears a leotard to aerobics? Is that what you wear these days? Don't you wear like well, a leotard? Spandex suit of some sort? I just think of <sighs> 80s aerobics. Jane Fonda for sure Okay, wore there a you go. That's I got right. the spandex in the closet. I'll put it on right now. So did Richard Simmons Bring out the gimp. Bring <laughs> Anyway, so... I don't think that's spandex. That's more like leather and studs. Whips. Yeah, ball gags and that what kind of thing. What is that? <laughs> is that, what is that material? Huh? It's leather, but it's really pleather? shiny. It's kind of like... It's probably pleather. No, it's shiny leather, like like handbag leather. Latex? Patent leather. Is that patent leather? Is that patent leather? Latex. Exactly, no. Yeah, is that leather? <laughs> latex is not leather. No, latex but is not latex leather. looking, right? I'll tell you what yeah, latex it looks like makes. plastic. It looks fake. It looks yeah. cheap. It's, I don't think it's something. leather because it's all crinkly. It's like a handbag material. We know what we're talking about, right? In clothing form? Yeah, but we'll put some links in the show notes or some S&M sites so you can <laughs> well, have we'll a look for yourself. Sort of bring out the gimp. I think it's leather. <laughs> is what we're thinking of? Spandex. Anyway, it might be spandex. Boy, did we go off topic there. So <laughs> this was, I just titled this section after that song because it's kind of a continuation of, of what we've been talking about the last couple of podcasts. And I think it's fair to put a, ca- a caveat in front of these <clears throat> discussions. Um, clearly, especially after the last couple, we were throwing out misinformation and bad opinions left and right um, regarding things like what happens in hospitals and HIPAA. And, you know, we corrected ourselves, but... Yeah, we- but we were also just talking oh, about, we were talking about the contents of a particular article. So in terms no, of, yes, but I'm, I would like to say that sometimes I feel like we really know what we're talking about. And sometimes it's a topic where we may not know all the intimate details, mm-hmm. but we just want to talk about it and start right. exploring it. So I'm going to put that in this category. Is that fair? So this because, is, okay. Well, this kind of goes back to Adam, you know, your discomfort with how hospitals may or may not use information or, you know, are people uncomfortable being targeted by hospitals, even if it's purchase lists and that kind of thing? Mm-hmm. So, not that I have a discomfort around that. You have 
other discomfort that an ointment <laughs> helps you with. <laughs> other discomfort? A salve, if you will. <laughs> so I think you can take this to another level, and that's why I think it's worth continuing to talk about. And this is outside of healthcare, but literally, not literally, potentially it will affect what we do. Um, and and Interesting, there's yeah. a story that just shows the power of this, the power of marketing intelligence uh, and how far it can go. And it's based on Target, and I think everybody's probably heard this by now, but I think it's still worth repeating uh, so Target has the ability to obviously track consumer purchases. So they tie your purchases to your credit card and they know what you spend. Mm-hmm. And then what they're able to do is they just have you know masses of data based on all the purchases that are made. And they're able to look at that analytics. And it's very similar, again, to come back to the Amazon type of deal where if you buy a book, Amazon's like real-time able to tell you other people bought this book, so they also bought this other book. You might like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know, marketing intelligence has been around for a long time, but it's getting to the point with the power of computers that it can get kind of scary. And so, for example, what happened with Target was they were able to determine based on purchases of women that they were pregnant. Not purchases of women, but purchases by women. Well, they purchase women too, but I that's think. a whole other <laughs> ethical dilemma. So here's, here's, podcast. here's how it's described in an article – uh, in Forbes. Uh, let's see. They ran test after test, analyzing the data. Before long, some useful patterns emerged. Lotions, for example, lots of people buy lotion. But one of Poll, that's the person in here who's, who's quoted, one of Poll's co- colleagues noticed that women on the baby registry were buying larger quantities of unscented lotion around the beginning of their second trimester. Another analyst noted that sometime in the first 20 weeks, pregnant women lo- loaded up on supplements like calcium, magnesium, and zinc. Uh, many shoppers purchase soap and cotton balls, but when someone suddenly starts buying lots of scent-free soap and extra big bags of cotton balls, in addition to hand sanitizer and washcloth, it signals they could be getting close to their delivery date. So they're able to tell, not by looking at you, but by your purchases mm-hmm. that you might be in your second trimester, right? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. So they yeah. started to craft some marketing, direct marketing toward that. So offers, for example, would go to people that would show up in these reports as potentially being pregnant. They had an unfortunate incident. Uh, they had a in Minneapolis, so right here, which is where Target is headquartered. Really? That's cool. <laughs> yeah, an angry man went into Target outside of Minneapolis, demanding to talk to a manager. I just have to read this because I think it's funny. My daughter got this in the mail. He said so. It was a coupon for baby items. So they had targeted his daughter based on her purchases. She's still in high school, and you're sending her coupons for baby clothes and cribs. Are you trying to encourage her to get pregnant? The manager didn't have any idea what the man was talking about, so that you got store people that don't know this is going on. Mm-hmm. And nor would you expect them to know the yeah, intimate you... details of what's, who's being marketed to. I no, mean, but they might know that this is the type of marketing approach that we're taking. I don't know that a manager at a store would know that. Well, they do now. I mean, this is why they might <laughs> now they do. He looked at the mailer. Sure enough, it was addressed to the man's daughter and contained advertisements for maternity clothing, nursery furniture, etc., the manager apologized and then called a few days later to apologize again. This is where it gets creepy. This is just beautiful. <laughs> On the phone, though, the father was somewhat abashed. Quote, I had a talk with my daughter. It turns out there's been some activities in my house I haven't been completely aware of. She's due in August. I owe you an apology. So the headline of this Forbes article is how Target figured out a teen girl was pregnant before her father did. I don't think... Wow. That's crazy. It's interesting that he says he owes them an apology. I mean, maybe... I think both sides owe each other an apology to some level sure. on, in that case because, I mean, clearly 
Target needs to do some sort of vetting to make sure there's an yeah. age, a verification of the age of the person they're sending stuff to. I mean, at least they should. That seems right. morally appropriate. <laughs> right. um, and at any level, whether home, they're pregnant yeah. or not. Right, 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 right. So you wouldn't be sending coupons for Captain Crunch to my nine-year-old. Right, yeah. right. And, yeah, I mean, and he clearly... I mean, if he stormed into a store screaming or yelling, demanding to talk to somebody, or you know, that's yeah. that's probably what he's apologizing might, for. I, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure it was, and maybe one is deserved. But yeah, <laughs> it's just a, isn't that amazing? An stuff? amazing situation. Now, what they found was that even the the appropriately targeted people. So that that girl is appropriately targeted. No pun just intended. Kind of bad. Yes, thank you. But <laughs> if you're let's target. say you're 30 year old and you're targeted in that way, it was so well done. It was creepy to them. So right. in other words, like, mm-hmm. how do you know I'm pregnant and this is, this is off-putting? Uh, so what they yeah, ended up doing that. is they start masking it a little bit. They don't just send you a coupon for here, you know, 10% off a crib and diapers and all that. They'll mix it in with other things right. so it's less blatant and explicit. That's smart. And well, then the women were I mean, more likely to buy the stuff. Yeah. So, so is that – do we think that's unethical? What do we think about that? I, I would say – I personally am willing to, I mean, I, and I've been one to speak out on, on privacy and being an advocate for it, but I'm also one to say I, don't, I hate getting mass marketed to for stuff that's irrelevant. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just crap. I would, I would rather give up a little bit of privacy in order for resources that I appreciate. Like, I like Target. I shop at Target. I would rather give up a little privacy with them. So that they can let me know about yeah. things that are relevant to me and I'm actually interested in. And I don't say that as a marketer. I say that as in somebody who wants to shop right. and make wise shopping decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, same with online resources. Um, Guitar Center, I want them to know as much as possible about me in terms of like my, right. my uh, instruments I play or the kinds of things that I buy or the kind of styles of music I'm into. So they can let me know when something is on sale. And if you listen to the radio in the Twin Cities, you know that Guitar Center never has a sale. There's always, it's, it's always, there's always a blowout sale every weekend that'll never happen again. Um, yeah. But I, I like giving up. I'm willing to give up privacy to, to be targeted better. For convenience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, to, and to be a smarter consumer in terms of how I spend my money. Yeah. I mean, I guess I, I can go out and try to find these deals on my own, but that takes time, and time is money. And I would rather have somebody bring mm-hmm. those deals to me than to waste my time on trying to find them on my own. Yeah. That's a, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I'd rather be inundated with stuff that's relevant to me. Rather than stuff that's not. I mean, unless it gets to the point where it's so... I mean, some people could easily be offended by just, you know, Mm -hmm. they didn't tell Target they were pregnant. How would Target know I'm pregnant? And they're just inundated with baby stuff. I mean, then it gets a little creepy. But if they're doing it right and tastefully, then, you know, know, I'd be fine with that. If people were taking this... if, if, If... Organizations were taking this approach to trying to reach consumers, there would be less inundation. Because, I mean, the inundation is usually the crap, the random right. crap that's irrelevant to you. It's the targeted stuff. You know, when, when stuff becomes targeted, the inundation goes away because now they're just telling you about the things that are actually yeah, relevant to you. Yeah, they care about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'd, but at the same time, that's, that's some creepy there's some creepy stuff There's that happens yeah. behind the scenes. For sure. and, and that's been going on for a while. I, I can't remember where I read this article, but it was about um, some huge – this was years ago, easily three or four years ago. And it was about some huge online catalog company. And they had done the same thing. And they're – so in other words, you'd call and you'd order bed sheets. And they were able to tell things like – you would okay, so you would assume that if somebody bought bed sheets, they might buy pillows and a – you know, whatever – 
Um, but their but their analytics showed things that were just completely off the wall. So they'd be like, oh, okay, well, did you, would you also like to know that we have a sale on boots? And then people would be like, well, how did you know I needed boots? It, it sounds like it's completely arbitrary. It had nothing yeah. to do with bed sheets. But they would. All you have to do is crunch the numbers on a mass scale, right. and you can see these patterns emerge. Yeah. So, uh, I would imagine that again, people would be like, "Wow, that's really cool and somewhat creepy." But yeah, I need boots, so that's a good deal for me. Yeah. So if it works for me in the long run, it's you know, it's tough. We're going to talk about the other side of this because Obama has put out some <clears throat> uh, <throat> like a bill of rights for privacy. And mm-hmm. and I've read you know some things about it. And this is where I know enough to be dangerous, so no expert on any of this. Uh, <laughs> but there's a real balance here between the privacy that we all want and the convenience that we also all want. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that's an interesting side of it. We can also talk about this in terms of online advertising, so behavioral exactly. targeting, where you go to a website, and this is happening to me now because I'm considering renting my house out. Mm-hmm. So I go to Renters Warehouse, which is a big, you know, big deal here in Minnesota. I think it's not everywhere, but and I see Renters Warehouse ads everywhere I go now online. So they have targeted me, uh, and they're trying, you know, to get me to come back. So am I offended by this? Am I put off? Am I annoyed? <clears throat> I mean, a I know enough to know that I can turn off my cookies, and that would stop that instantly. Yeah. Um, B again. It's a little annoying. I mean, I definitely notice it because I'll be on a site that has nothing to do with any of this. And there's a renter's warehouse. (laughs) Um, What's bizarre about some of that, though, too, is that the intelligence on in in that area is still lacking a little bit. Because I I see a lot of advertising for things that I recently bought. Sure. You know, so it's like so there's there's there seems to be an inability between the ad networks and the shopping resources to register that the purchase has actually been made. And I wasn't just looking at it. Right. So I don't need to continuously see ads for something that I'm already holding in my hand. I'm not going to buy it again. Um, so that's where that targeted advertising online specifically becomes annoying. Yeah. Um, what I would rather see in those ad places. I mean, I notice those ads now because it's actually something I own and there's our, so I have a connection with those. So that's probably why they stand out even more. Uh, but I would rather see things that are relevant to somebody who bought something like what I bought rather than just showing me things that I've already looked at right. again and have purchased. So there, there's, there's a disconnect in there, and I'm not sure if it's even ethical to make the connection behind the scenes so that these places know. I mean, because Amazon knows what I bought, and they're not an ad network in and of themselves. That's like Google and, and you know, DoubleClick and these other places. So mm-hmm. Amazon's not going to give away that information to Google. I mean, they're competitors on, on many levels. So there's not, there probably never will be that connection necessarily. So, and that's probably a good thing, but still it makes for some weird experiences. But I mean, ultimately, are you really offended by it? I mean, I just, I mean, I know a lot of people are, but I've just come to expect it. And it's just like, that's the thing. You just ignore it on some level, but which might be a bigger problem for some people, but no, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't, even annoy is a strong word. Yeah. I mean, I think in Adam's point, especially if I made the purchase, I get annoyed by that stuff, not just with online advertising, though. I get annoyed by, um, again, I'll hold out Renner's Warehouse. You know, I mm-hmm. actually contacted them and requested information. And, you know, I got, I got 
responses, but then I also got, they clearly have put me on an email list because right. I got an email saying, hey, you should check out Runner's Warehouse. I'm like, well, I just did. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you've already got wrong. me. You don't yeah. need to sell me on right. this anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those are the things, I think, to Am's point, those get annoying, but that's not just online banner advertising. That happens. I made the mistake yeah. of, um, I use mint.com for managing finances. And I made them. And one of the things about Mint, you know, is that everybody puts, you know, millions of people put connect all their bank accounts to this one place where they can manage, see all of their finances in one place. And then Mint can aggregate all that information, you know, behind the scenes and make recommendations to you based on your spending habits versus the, you know, better spending habits or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, So they'll say, you know, if you're you are in this percentage of people getting this deal on your car insurance, you could get a better deal. Um, and I always assumed that I'm a, I was going to get taken for a ride if I went through with some of the, but I'm like, you know what? I want to see what I want to maybe I maybe I can get a better deal than progressive. So let's take a look. So I went through the little thing and filled out the things and like literally it, it took me to a few websites that didn't tell me anything. And then within the week I was getting, I was getting mail from every single insurance Agent, yeah, out there, every right. progressive, uh, State Farm, you name it, it was coming to my door, and I was like, oh, crap, that is not what I wanted." Look what I've done. Yeah, <laughs> what have I done? What have I done? <laughs> so, yeah, that, that was, then that's a bit of a letdown because I really like Mint.com. It's a great site. It's well designed. It's a, a powerful resource for helping you make wise decisions when it comes to your mm-hmm. money. But so that was really right. a, a disappointment. I was disappointed to the experience. I mean, it's it's free. It's a free service. They have to make their money somewhere, and this is where they make the money. So, I mean, I understand that, but that doesn't change the fact that it really was a letdown in right. the end for me. You still kind of get to the point, too, sometimes where you trust those sites or, like, you have enough respect for them that you think that that's not going to happen, and yeah, it really yeah. still does. <laughs> At least not to that degree. I mean, yeah. I, getting emails or something about wouldn't have been that bad, but to just be inundated with, to use that word again, mail, like physical paper mail from all these places was just really annoying. Yeah. Well, and bringing that back to healthcare, I mean, there's certainly an appropriate response to <laughs> folks that, that give you permission um, so you don't want to scare people. Healthcare is a different deal than a renter's warehouse. I mean, yeah. um, and I've heard of stories in the past where people have targeted people for like bariatric surgery. That's a, you're taking a real risk there because mm-hmm. you know even if you hit the right people, a lot of them are going to be offended that you're calling them. A you fatty. think I need yeah? You think I need bariatric surgery? So it's tricky stuff. And then certainly, even if you do target the right people, doing it in the right way in a reasonable way and not an annoying way and um, you know, all that applies to what we're talking about here. Yeah. So, so just to take this a little bit further, um, President Obama has issued a proposed consumer privacy bill of rights. I'm not going to read the whole thing, uh, but a lot of it is related to all of this. Uh, and one of the things that's happening in the industry is uh, sites like Google, Yahoo, Microsoft, AOL, they're trying to develop do not track technology in web with web browsers so that people can stop companies from tracking them as they bounce around. Now, what I don't understand there is that sounds redundant to me because don't you right now, this is where I don't know my, you know what, from my, you know what, <laughs> I can go into Safari and turn off my cookies and that accomplishes the same thing. Does it not? Yeah. One of the reasons that that, side of it has been news lately is that um so for there is a there is a, it's a big deal because google has been actually circumventing privacy controls in browsers to continue to collect information from people uh, um safari i, I think see. specifically mobile safari 
uh, on iPhones is set up by default to not accept what are called third-party cookies, which means um, they are the cookies that don't come like directly from Google, but come else, but come from elsewhere, but are allowed to communicate with the cookies from Google. That's that's um, so basically rather than already lost me. Well, what a cookie is is a two, is a two-way communication that can't be cookie? intercepted by anyone. It's between you and whoever set that cookie. Uh, a third-party cookie is allowed to jump into that communication and browsers are set to be able to not allow that there are places where that's not necessarily a bad thing um for example like when you see the facebook like button on a page or a plus one somewhere and you click it and you don't leave the page it just happens like behind the scenes a lot of that is happening through this is one example of that third party cookie communication so there there are conveniences that that brings to the web but it's also a privacy issue because you might not want your information being shared like that between parties who you don't even know Right. That these other people agreed to share your information with. Uh, so Google had devised a way to continue to let that happen even when you had specifically told your browser that you don't want that to happen. Okay. Um, so that has been news in the tech community lately. Um, and, and pretty high-level news. I think, I think that it was even – I think Obama was even – addressing or his committee or somebody was talking about this, his plan here and how behavior like this uh, is not acceptable based on his, uh, on his policy. Yep. And the art, this article that we'll post from CNET news has a, has a lot of um, references to other things and it references stories on exactly what you're talking about with Google bypassing default privacy settings on Safari and, and Explorer. So, uh, but you know, the, I don't know if it's in this story, but a story I read recently. This is where it gets tricky because this is the balance between privacy and convenience because I don't think people realize how convenient cookies make things. Right. Yeah. So they allow you to, you know, when you go back to a site, they know who you are. Even, and again, this is where I'm dangerous, um, cookies allow uh, retail sites to track what you're putting in your shopping cart. Mm-hmm. Who would not? Who would say no? I'm, I'm not going to allow that to happen. I mean, nobody would want that to not happen. But if it's just a black and white off and on, then by switching off and saying I don't want this to happen, you give up your ability to track your purchases in a shopping cart, which is obviously convenient. Right. So I think that it's. I don't know. It'll be very interesting. I just wonder how much of a, you know, there's all this brouhaha, but in the end, most people are going to be like, well, if I have to see an extra renter's warehouse ad for the ability to have Amazon track my purchases in a shopping cart, that's an easy decision. Right. Uh, And we're still talking about opting out, not opting in, Mm -hmm. which is is a huge difference. Yeah, totally. Huge difference in what will will actually happen with behavior. People have a tendency, I mean... We all do it too. On depending on what the topic is, it's worked out. You, you see something that seems like something you should be get worked up about, and the masses are getting worked up about it. So you get mad about it. I mean, it's the same with. I don't know. I had a good example in my head. Now it just escaped me. But uh, well, another good example would be like paying paying like an iPhone. What we pay for an iPhone, the fact that it, that it's costs what it costs is because it's so affordable to make. Uh, but when you look behind the scenes at why it's Foxconn. so affordable to take, at like Foxconn, um, not that not, I'm not saying that what happens there is a good thing or a bad thing. There's good and bad about it. Um, but if if what was happening there didn't happen, we wouldn't be able to. We would pay three times as much for this phone. Um, so it's like you can't have your cake and eat it too. It's the same with, with the convenience of, of mm-hmm. what you can do online. I mean, there, at, at some yeah. at some level. 
you're going to give up something. If you want, if you want more privacy, if you want um, the people who are working in these factories to be you know, living the same standard of, you know, have the same quality of life that you do, you are going to have to make sacrifices for that to happen. You know, Apple could take all their billions and give $1 to everyone in China, and then Apple would no longer exist anymore, and absolutely nothing would happen for the people of China. But is that good? Probably not. So it's just, it's a complex issue, and people get pretty emotional about this stuff with, without a lot of facts to go, to go on. So, but it's fun to talk about it, that's for sure. Well, I think we make these decisions almost every day, that privacy versus convenience. Anytime you're asked your email yeah. online, people go through that calculation of, okay, is what I'm getting here worth giving my email? Because I yes. know, True. I don't know how the heck they're going to use it. I don't know, you know, even if they say we're not going to use it, most people go, okay, this is just putting my email it's, it's out gonna there. Get used, it's yeah. going to end up in some list. Um, am I okay with that? And, you know, I made that decision years ago. I mean, if you value something enough, um, I'll give them my email because again, I feel like I can control my email. I got spam filters. I got, yeah. you know, it's not like if I get a bunch of emails, I don't like, I can't manage that myself. Right. Uh, but not everybody's different. I think maybe that's part of what the bill of rights is that you, maybe it's more transparent and you have a little more choice, but I don't know that it's going to upturn the apple cart. Do you yeah. upturn? Overturn. 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 Thank you. Blow up. <laughs> All right. We probably have time for one more. Mm-hmm. Um, I love what you found on um, why mobile matters. And it's just visually really compelling. Adam, you brought this up. Yeah. It's from, you can probably describe what Luke W is, but we'll provide the link. But it's just, it uses some really great, um, I wouldn't call them infographics, but just visuals uh, to really kind of illustrate why mobile is so powerful. So I'm just going to throw one out and then I'll turn it to you, Adam. So, for example, uh, he shows like a little picture of a baby every day, 371,000 plus children are born across the world every day, 377,000 iPhones are sold across the world. So in other words, for every baby that's born, there's an iPhone sold and that's his iPhone. Um, and so what that's supposed to show you is literally everybody who's, and and of course you can extrapolate this other ways, but, um, there's going to be a, f- a phone in everybody's hand, give or take, which just shows you where mobile is, is headed. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah, then if you crazy. keep going down on this page, um, they get into other things. Like I'm talking about um, adoption of mobile pay, pay, uh, payments being made online yeah. via mobile. So if you get into, just, just PayPal alone. Um, yeah, holy crap. Uh, 2009, $141 million spent specifically for mobile 2010 that went up to 750 million 2011 last year it went up to four billion dollars mobile payments process or payments process coming specifically from mobile devices yep uh and yeah uh ebay is another example on there showing uh, very similar similar results theirs are even more dramatic so that's where it's going i mean that's where it is i mean it's not even really where it's going i mean i look at my my own habits and like I said a million times, these devices are finally personal computers. I mean, unfortunately, years ago, these clunker machine things that we had sitting in our homes got this name of being a personal computer. Uh, they, but they were not very personal. They were just appliances in our home. I mean, is your washer a personal washer? No, it's a washing <laughs> machine. Is your, your fridge a personal fridge? No, it's just a thing you use in your house. 
these are computers that are integrated into your lifestyle. They're in your pocket all the time. You pull them out for every little thing throughout the day. These are personal computers, and, and you got to, I mean, if you're not figuring out ways to use these right now, you are doing something wrong. Or you're poor. Or you're poor. <laughs> Amen. Yes, and we can't forget that. I but mean, if you're we, poor, you're doing something wrong. We spe- nice. <laughs> I'm just kidding. This message brought to you by Rick Santorum. Yeah. Actually, Rick Santorum and wouldn't say that. No, that would be that. Mitt Romney saying that. Mitt Romney. No, actually, who would say that was Newt Gingrich? Probably. He would say that. Probably. Oh, Newt. Of, of all of them. We don't want to get political. We <laughs> somehow, so we do, somehow we went there at the very God, end. God, we could have so much fun having just a political podcast. But we should also clarify that we're not like uber liberal either. I mean, we will rip on anybody who's worthy of being ripped on no matter what side they're on. I agree. I agree. And, and what I was going to say was, to maybe this is a more of a liberal position, but <laughs> from a marketing standpoint, we can't forget that not everybody has access to the internet or to yeah. a smartphone. Right. Um, it's just I mean, one tool. It's one tool yeah. in your in your in tool your, belt. In your belt. You got your one tool, tool in your tool belt. <laughs> it might be the biggest tool that you but have. Though. Shouldn't be ignored. You're the biggest tool. Or it might have. be a lot of. Oh my god! Nice. That was well done. <laughs> you like that? You're a tool. <laughs> Didn't tool come out in the '80s? Isn't that a Bill and Ted excellent adventure? Is it? Tool? Yeah. Was that? I was such tool. a tool shed. Never heard Tool uh, Shed. That's I don't know if Tool was from Bill and Ted. Weird. Might have been from Wayne's World. I've heard Tool oh, Shed Wayne's before. World, yeah. yeah. Tool Shed? No, I've never heard that one. I haven't either, but I like it. You like that You're better a tool, tool Shed. Think about it. Then you like, you I know, would think encompass tool, all the tools. No, I would think of like a nightclub, like downtown Minneapolis would be a Tool Shed. Yes. Okay, we have a contest now for our listeners. Two winners, or one person can win both contests. <laughs> one, where did... You're such a tool originate. So who really made that? Was it Wayne's World, whoever? And then two, I'd love to know the derivation of that colloquialism. Like, what does it mean? Why is, why is being a hammer bad? I was just going to ask that same thing. Why is, why is that? Tool- who took tool and made that into a negative? I don't know. I guess. Like, I can, I can, I can do this with one thing. I can do this with it's what's be your hard glitch. What's yeah. your glitch is from Reality Bites. It was Ethan Hawke. That's where that started. Tool. I know what glitch is. Glitch is a bad thing. And so when you apply it to somebody's behavior, that makes sense. But what's a tool? What it might be why? hard to it might be hard kind to of find. There and lame. Yeah, it might be hard to find the origins Tools of it. Tools are lame? Well kind of they're just like they're there. <laughs> Tools are like functional. <laughs> they're functional. They're typically I mean, whoever no, thinks of a, a tool that what do you mean? You don't think a hammer's functional or a saw? Or a hammer that by saw. definition, it's functional. It lets you do something. I mean, who, who would ever have thought of tools in a negative sense other than I hit my thumb with a hammer? It's not like D-bag, which clearly there's a negative connotation to it. I don't know. I'd be curious to see where it comes from. But I, in my head, I feel like I can That's because understand. You, were, you grew up where your tool was part of the part of the world in a negative way. I grew up and nobody said you're a tool in a negative way. I think it's also... So it emerged during my lifetime, which makes me think back to when tools were positive, functional parts of your life. I think it's also just the word, though, (laughs) the sound of the word. It has a good... Tool? Yeah, it has a good... It feels almost... I'm like fool. I mean, it it, it has... It almost has an insulting tone to it. See, I think you're just... I think that's all... Embedded in your head since it's become negative. Possibly. Like, why isn't it I mean, like, we hammer? could just make it up yeah. now. We could just say, why are you such a window? Let's just start that now. 
And 10 years from now, people are like, what's wrong with the window? <laughs> That's, it must have been what it's got to be random. That's my prediction. There was no negative association. When it was just a random saying that somebody threw probably. out because it was funny because it was so random. Like, why are you such a window? Well, I, Maybe. To your point, I mean, it probably, has, it probably has its origins in some pop, pop culture. Yeah. Probably. scenario and that's uh, one, I want to know what one of the was. reasons that it, yeah. that it took off so I don't know I want to we'll know who on the made Google. that who gave tools a bad name you gave tools a bad name somebody did somewhere and I think it was in my lifetime I don't think it was I think it was since the 80s I love that saying though there's such tool. a tool I use it too mm-hmm. there are plenty of tools in the world yeah yeah there are unfortunately but it's usually <laughs> like some like for me I would use it with some like buff some like just jerk, like some dude who's clearly a d bag, but <laughs> he, w- he wouldn't be like scr- a scrawny guy. It'd be like I, like it'd be a bigger guy. Can I ask something? Somebody can create an infographic. I'd like to see an infographic that helps differentiate between d bag, tool, <laughs> ass clown, and all the ass more common meathead. derogatories. Meatheads. Yeah, we could become the arrogant healthcare marketing tools. We should do an infographic. That'd be awesome. <laughs> we should. <laughs> Somebody somewhere has defined these things. I feel like I'm being volunteered to do something I don't have time to do. <laughs> yeah, what, a, yeah. what a tool you are. All right. Your infographic, better, you look at Adam. That's an amazing wrap-up to our show. Let's close the toolbox. All right, we're going to close the toolbox, put away the tool belt for arrogant healthcare marketing ass clowns. This is Chris Bevelo. <laughs> Jackie Retackle. And Adam Meyer. I Wait. think my favorite is ass hat, actually. I like ass hat. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> See, what does that mean? I don't know, but it's awesome. Ass hat? Ass hat. I can't remember who said it first, but I like that. That's from a movie, I feel like. I'm sure. Bye. Oh, toodaloo, we're still on. <laughs>